Welcome to We Flesh, in this here place, Black Women Be, a podcast that explores topics relevant to Black women folk and all those who love and care for us. Here, we embrace the fullness of our humanity. Here, we be in conversation and contemplation. Here, we just be together. Join me, Lisa Anderson, and my amazing co-host, Amakayla Gaston. Welcome, beloveds. In the words of Toni Morrison, in this here place, we flesh. Wow. I mean, Lisa, what are the gems you got from this one? There's too many to list in my brain. My brain is like, ah, Tokazani well, is the fierceness. Oh, she she really is. I mean, you know, the theme this week was Black woman be mothering slash parenting. Mm. And, um, you know, I think of that idea of raising up a village, raising up a yes. community. I think about the way that she's working with young girls and boys now who, um, I mean, as will come out in the in the broadcast, you know, South Africa has the highest level of rape in the country Uh, uh, in in uh, South Africa and the world, I think, is actually what's true. And so she's disrupting that pattern and the impact of that reality on these young people's lives, um, theater and art and helping them remembering, Hey, like we say, we flesh. What did you take? away? You know, I really, it was the same thing, you know, the way that she holds the grace around something that infuriates me, the way that people treat young you know, African-American girls and boys as disposable as something that is a commodity to use and abuse and rape. Um, The way that she held that and composted it and turned it into a way to empower her group of a folk that she mothers as a village and, and re-infuses in them, not just um, a sense of ownership and voice, but forgiveness and love and all the the elements, the essence of restorative justice, like mm-hmm. takes it at, at this horror and atrocity and turns it on its head and it makes it powerful and empowering and fierce and shares it with the world. Oh, she's yeah. fierce. You can't, you can't know. I'm, I'm, the only thing that makes me sad is that this is the last episode in 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 this season. This season, okay, yeah, right. This How wonderful that our sixth um, that we had Tokazani. She kind of like brought us home in in a kind of way. True, coming from South Africa, coming True. from the land, and bringing us home. Yes, yes. So hello, beloveds. I am Lisa Anderson. And I'm Amakayla Gaston. And welcome to We Flesh in this here place, Black Women Be. Yes. So today it is our pleasure to welcome Tokasani and Daba. Um, yes. Okay. Good evening, everybody. 
Let me tell let me tell folks a little bit about you, Tokazani. So Tokazani is the founder and she is the executive director of the Intentaleo Foundation. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Intentaleo. Intentaleo. Okay. Intentaleo, yes. Yes. And so it is located in um, Alexandra, Johannesburg. So she's actually calling us in, calling in right now from South Africa. From Joburg. Woo! Yes. yes. Um, so she is a trained drama and theater practitioner, activist, and facilitator. She uses theater methodologies and techniques to facilitate healing, empowerment, and support within vulnerable communities. Tokazan mm. creates safe spaces that enable dialogue and social change and empower young people to break the chains of abuse, poverty, and control. Yes. And the name of her foundation means forgiveness. And that's one of the core values that Tokazani carries throughout her work and her life. Um, I've known Tokazani for about three, four years now. And healing, personal growth, self-love, self-respect, all of that. She's about all of that. And yes, love her. I love her. I love her. So, <laughs> um, so welcome, my beautiful, beautiful friend. Yay. This whole podcast is focused on how Black women be flesh, how mm. we live in our bodies. And um, and ever since I've known you, the word mother comes to mind, mother mm. of men. So I want to know, um, how do you be, Tokasani, flesh as a mother, as a someone who parents not just the the one child you have who came through your own body, but um, I want to know about the foundation, about the work that you do, and about the fact that at its core, you are mothering, parenting, just scores and scores and scores of young people. So just tell us, tell us about mm. what you do. Uh, again, good evening, everybody. So, you know, Lisa, when I was thinking about... Um, to be flesh, you know, I just thought for me, just as a human being, for me, just to be flesh, my understanding is just what I do is using this, this skeleton, this, this body, you know, mm -hmm. to pursue what I was put in this world to do, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and just continue using my body as a tool to heal and also as an instrument to make a difference in my life and mm. also in other people's life in the world, you know? So um, touching uh, and, and studying the, the foundation, the Tesselo Foundation, it's all about um, how we can all in together in the space, use our bodies as instrument and our flesh to make a difference in our lives and each other's lives. So mm. that's how we connect. And also that means when we say creating a safe space, as you know, that means forgiving, forgiving me before I can move forward because I come with so much that I carry, that I was born into generation, that I carry, that I need um, 
to forgive myself because I carry that and live in that. And our space is about how do we love and embrace mm-hmm. and love this body that is always criticized in the world. So mm-hmm. our space is about loving this black body as a black young woman to say, my body is always criticized when I walk from my home to my hair, to my face, to mm-hmm. my hips. To You know, we South Africans, we come with padamadongs, you know, to everything is criticized. But <laughs> how do I love myself and know that the beauty lies in me because the body's already criticized. I cannot criticize myself or my body any longer. Mm-hmm. So that is yes. looking at yourself and your body as the skeleton that's walking in the world and moving and then using the movement and the sound. And my work is all about the movement of the body and the sound. And you know, as black women, as Africans, we, we got we got a swag, we move with the beat. So everything mm-hmm. is about the for us and the music and the sound. And the chart is part of it, you know. So yeah, um, so I don't know where to begin or go on, but basically all my education up to from high school, okay, from um, um, what do you guys call elementary school yeah. up to high school, and then after high school, from every university, I've gone to a couple of institutions, and all I've studied was theater how I can use theater as a tool to heal mm. then it my body, my voice, my everything, my mind, my sounds, my touch, my smell, everything about it. It becomes about the passion that you bring. And then you bringing in theater into my activism and wanting to make a difference in the world. That's how the yes. space was created. And like I said, it's about being space for for the joys and the voice of the black women finding themselves. Yes, there'll be challenges, but challenges is what we talk about as not what you embrace every day. What we embrace every day is our joys, our beauty, that no matter where we live in this situation and these conditions, there's beauty there. People are living there and Mm -hmm. existing and we're beautiful and we're spreading the love because Mm -hmm. the world around us is full of hate, envy, judgment, jealousy, and prejudice how do we move away from that in all that and live through love yes 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 you know it's really deep what you're saying about the 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 body electric and how we are constantly critiqued and judged as black women but also desired like we are so the focal point And so we have been taught to hate our bodies, not just because we are being held against a European standard, but also because we have to protect ourselves from this this external um, kind of uh, caricature that we've been packaged in. And I'm wondering, as someone who works with the youth, how do we embolden our young black girls to not only love our bodies, but to feel free in them and free from this kind of cage of being hated and loved at the same time. Our bodies go through that kind of extra critique. We critique ourselves, Mm -hmm. but also the world is critiquing us. But more than critique, it's this extreme desire to be Mm -hmm. us, to absorb us, 
to consume us. And so we teach our children to not be in their bodies because we're afraid for them. We're afraid for people abusing them and taking advantage of them. And I'm just wondering how you um, work with that dynamic with the youth. It's, it's such a paradoxical challenge in my world. And I'm just curious how you maneuver with that. Um, you know, I'm Kayla today, our class was on your first heartbreak and emotions and Mm -hmm. that anger is not a real emotion. It's a trigger. That is fear. That is all those things. So as black women, we come with so much that we carry, you know, we, we, we carry, we come with boldness and assertiveness and uh, we audacious, you know, we, 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 we storm and you feel it, you know, and people, like you say, want to take from that, want to, want to try and and demonize it and make you feel less off and make you feel um, uncomfortable about self. So how do you then, our work is all grounded, like Lisa said, on self-love and on on self but self through loving self so how do you navigate that through self you know like you're saying that sometimes we critique sometimes we seen and we seen as this body is just um what is it as as like uh how did you put it like um desired you know what i mean and sexual beings and whatever that i can love myself and look at myself with beauty but because I'm free in my spirit, yes. so teach ourselves to find the freedom within ourselves before somebody, because nobody can give you that without mm-hmm. giving yourself. You know, mm-hmm. freedom is something you take. So even though we live in such unsafe areas, South Africa being the first rape continent of the world, oh. with freedom and navigate these spaces with freedom and love and self-respect mm-hmm. and self-confidence. So it is through that that we able, I guess, to come back to ourselves and say that I'm not just a sexual being. Yes. Before anything, I'm a human being. Yes. And I'm a black young woman. And that on its own, it's a statement in the world because we come from ancestors that pass through generations of things that we carry into the next level. So when yes. I carry myself into the world, I'm not alone. I'm with people right here on my shoulders. So yeah. I'm never walking alone. They're walking with me. The guidance of them, I feel their voices, their spirit. Mm. When I walk into the room, I feel them all over me, with me. Mm-hmm. So that guide and that protection for us, I guess it's what also just make us move tall and know yeah. that before anything, I'm not a sexual being, I'm a human being. And yes, my sexuality and my sexiness is valid. And it's important. It's not for the world to take. It's for me to That's embrace. Right. And That's right. Love and take yeah. and embrace. And to be empowered by, yes. Yeah. Can you say something, Tokasani, about the particular, like the practices that you do? I had the opportunity, um, Michaela, to go to visit um, the school, the foundation, actually be there twice. And um and I and 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 I follow you religiously on social media. So you know, Tokasani is always posting um, stuff that she's doing with the girls, um, like specific practices. So can you say something about what, how how are 
girls, how are the people actually able to embody the things that you're saying to like be inside of their sexuality and to own it at the same time, recognizing that there are dangers in the world, but to not be clamped down by them. Um, Like, what are some of the things that they take us through, like what a day would be like? So, for example, um, we come into the space and when we come to the space, the rituals that we do is about breathing in and out just to let go of whatever that happened in the day. Because sometimes you might have had a fight with your friend at home, you left without food or you had a fight with your mother and you carried that through the day and it upset you and you're coming with that. How do we then breathe it out and let go? So we come into the space clean and open to working. Then we start with warm-up exercises where now warming up is like preparing ourselves and opening our mind and shaking our bodies and readying ourselves to work. And once that happened already, our part of our work is finding your own voice. So when you hear your voice through these exercises before you can even start the work, you're already open, you're already wanting to share, you're already wanting to give in without being forced. So how do you then able to be able to share in a space where we all different. And now uh, we brought in boys in 2021 because the young women said, you know, Togozani, uh, we need to bring in the young because we've been working with the same girls since we started the foundation in 2017. And they were like, you know, Togozani, the young men we deal with out there because now they're becoming teenagers and they're growing. When they started mm-hmm. the foundation, most of them were 10, 11, 12. They're growing now. And they, they treat us like the older men who rape us. So we think it's important to bring them in this conversation. And starting with the young men, they were like, ah, girls are just there. We can have five girlfriends. with whatever. How do you then change that mindset and have those conversations between the young men and the young women together where they're like, actually, no, this is this what is about between the two. And they're talking and they converse about real issues. Like I said, today, we're talking about real emotions and real things that happen for you as a young person in this body, whether you're a woman, whether you're men, but it was mainly focused on young black women because our organization is women-led. So we will go then probably into... I take an example of we be throwing a ball around. That throwing a ball around, so you throw to somebody else and say, "Lisa, I love your eyes. You got beautiful eyes." Amikela, I love your smile. So just self appreciation of each other, looking at each other. Oh, I noticed that you pierce your earring, your ears. You got beautiful earrings. I love your hair. I actually love your personality. Just those things. How we bring each other into the place, just appreciating each other. Because like I said, the world already critiques us a lot. And sometimes the relations that we have, because even at home, sometimes with our parents, they're going through whatever they go through, and then they'll take out and end up saying things to us that are not loving, but not because they're meant to, but they're going through something. How do we then, before we can start work in this space, just start by appreciating it appreciating each other and in personalities. Then we will move probably if to say, how was your day? How are you feeling today? We feel the room. If somebody's going through hardship or sometimes it happens that somebody has been raped, 
the night before or whatever, and they come here, or we've been in court or whatever, the rape case is going on, and they come here because they know the safety and the space. So how do you embrace that? So we'll start maybe, I can think of it, uh, and... And it, or sometimes there's a division because, you know, young women, they fight. There's this, there's this, because the world is, is like that. So um, what will happen is that, can you hear me, Lisa? Yes. Can you hear me? Is it, you're oh, muted here. So, so what will happen sometimes, we'll start with a knot. If there's, there's a, a conflict, whatever, we start with a knot where we all put our hands and we try to untangle this knot together as a group, as one another, everybody. We try to figure out to say, how do we, ant- we're gonna have to untangle this knot with love, with no hate, with respect and hearing each other and working and building each other. From the knot, maybe we'll move into a machine where I do, I use theater techniques and drama processes. So the machine exercise would be like, okay, this is the machine. What does the machine need? The machine needs oil. Can the machine work without a screw? No, the machine cannot work without a screw. Can the machine work without a wire? I'm the wire. I'm the what? I'm the what? So how do we then come together to pull each other up? By the time we get into dismantling what the topic is about or the theme of the day or whatever the lesson is focused on today, we already already there. We're halfway there by them coming with their own solutions to say, how do we untangle this with each other? How do we make sure that if you're holding this side of the pot, I'm holding this side. If yours is lacking, it's going down, you're not pulling your string, it's not moving us forward, it's taking us back. How do we, as you know, <coughs> excuse me, Audrey Lord said, women need to bring the whole self into the movement. So how do we bring all ourselves, like I believe in differences and inclusion and diversity that we are different, but we can be one in one yeah. space than what we find sometimes. So we do yoga. We, we meet Monday to Saturday. So Saturday is group counseling where they speak to the counselor about the issues. And then Tuesday is yoga. Uh, we do uh, martial arts. We do all kinds of things. So, yeah, that's us. I mean, <laughs> you know what I talk about how embodied the practice is. And I, because from when I hear you talk about it and the work and having been in the community with the girls and you can look when, and I wasn't there when you had the boys start, but when you look, people can look from the outside and see that these children are living in such impoverished conditions and just kind of judge that their lives are sort of tamped down because they live in those conditions. But what I see as the power of your work is that you're saying, but inside your humanity is such the power of our humanity is such that we cannot be that we don't have to be clamped down by the conditions. Um, That's not to say that the conditions are not there, but so you're acknowledging that reality, but at the same time saying, but you're worthy and you're human and we're connected and there's love inside of us already. And so how do we bring that out as opposed to live in the way that the world would say by external circumstances we should live, which is people without hope and without love. So I like that the stuff that you do is like 
in the body all the time. Oh, yes. Lisa, you know, the kids will tell you that our situation doesn't define us. It doesn't mean this is who you are. Another thing, when we started the foundation, it was about creating safe space for young women, for them finding their own voice, like all these things we're thinking, we're talking about. But now it has to shift into bringing the parents. So I meet with their parents every month because you talk about making a difference and that the, 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 them finding the, themselves and making the difference and behavior change in their own lives, but they go back into the toxic home. Mm-hmm. So now every month we meet with the parents to change the mindset of the parents because the language sometimes that the parents use and also you find the parents will use to send them to go buy alcohol and cigarettes. How does that happen when the child is in a tavern and there are all these men that see them and as something else when she's at tavern at 10 years old? So how do we then avoid those things. So it's been a journey and working in communities, the key, them, the young people running workshops within the community about self and the community uh, respecting them and the community being one and respect, like the community not seeing them as sexual beings, but as human beings. And to say like, I'm a human just like you, you are an older man, but you can learn from me. So they run those workshops and clinics and police. So but using just theater and drama and boarding and de-rolling and rolling. So uh, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Like using our flesh, our body as flesh. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I hear these stories about young girls and rape and the fury that just, I'm just boiling over in fury. And I just want to know how you deal with anger, how you process it, how you help these young girls process it. Like, how do we empower them so that it isn't kind of a foregone conclusion? Like, yes, young girl around grown men, of course, there's going to be rape. I feel like that's so part of the storyline. And I just am wondering how we can shift that and how you, as the founder of this organization, process your own fury around it and how you help girls deal with their fury and and how fury is something that is a legitimate and real response to an atrocity like rape, not just caving in on ourselves, but lashing out and being absolutely furious that this horrible thing is happening. Like, how do you deal with that? You know, Michaela, um, when, because um, I, I studied, I did my master's at NYU at New York University using theater in communities and education settings, using um, Augusto Poal in communities and Paulo Freire in education settings. Mm-hmm. But my friends in New York and Brooklyn, they couldn't understand. Why are you so obsessed with going back home? New York is life. And, and I said to them, you know, I need to go back home and open a space for young women to find themselves and come together. For me, that was so important because my first sexual experience was rape. I was raped at 12 years old. And like I said, all my education is surrounding theater. All institutions have studied theater because Mm -hmm. I found refuge in theater. When that to me, I couldn't talk about it to anybody. 
except because I knew we have been blamed. What are you doing there? How did you get there? How were you raped? It's always your fault because mm-hmm. also the people in at my age in that language didn't have the language for it. Even now, the girls are still blamed. When I tell you, they'll tell you about the foundation. They tell you the name of our foundation is Tetzelelo because uh, we, it means forgiveness because we need to forgive ourselves. Yes. Before we forgive others because those people, we never come and ask for forgiveness to mm. us and blame, but we need to forgive and move on. So forgiveness for us is the first step, forgiving ourselves so we're able to move. We're not forgiving you because you're coming not to ask for forgiveness. So we always reminded that you there is the evil and the devil. The anger is there. We, we mm-hmm. act it. We, we use theater. You must see the plays that we do. And they do these plays and they draft them themselves and they write their own script. And they yes. do poetry. When we listen to their poems and the anger that comes out, you won't believe it. Good! At the end of the day, the anger. Oh, you, 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 you will be everyone if you go online and see some of their poems and hear yeah. the, that they write and what they say. That anger that comes out and they lash out. But at the same time, you go back and know and reminded that you are a black woman and you are the origin of humankind. Yes, you are the origin. Come on, so we are the original origin. And for me. Yes. Sometimes I do get angry and I do go through emotions. And what I do is I spend a lot of time with myself. I live alone. So Mm -hmm. in my house, my kids come here every month, all 30 of them. The boys sleep in the cottage and the girls in every bedroom. So every end of the month, we spend time here from Friday to um, Sunday. And Mm -hmm. we do yoga. Sunday is in the garden. They cook. We talk. We share. We play music. Mm -hmm. You know, so we family. And I do a lot of reflecting and processing of my behavior and other people in my life, mm-hmm. you know, even just sitting and, and just sitting and I love music. I love all kinds of music. I listen to all kinds of music, Zulu, uh, traditional music, Patanga, to, um, to the blues, to yes. Blue Eyes, to, to, you know, to Harry Belafonte, to everything. I love music, to Fela, all music yes. for me is emotional ever. So meditate on that. And every bad thought that crosses my mind, you know, I don't know, I try and, and meditate on it. You know, I, I'm also human. I, I go through those feelings, you know. Today we're talking about angers, you know. Sometimes they don't have, they're young, they don't have the tools you know, to deal with anger like we, we are, like to deal with different emotions and whatever, mm-hmm. how they react and whatever. How do we then, it's like you were there today because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> but I just make sure that my heart is in the right place yes. before I can start the day, you know. Even when I wake up, before I can go into world and interview, with the world, I just make sure that my heart is in the right place because if mm-hmm. my heart is in the right place, no matter what happens, I will be able to move from the right place with it. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Sonny, I you know when people meet you in person um and see you with the children. It's you can feel that you love them and that they love you. Um, 
And that's not a small thing at all, because, you know, this idea of being transformed by self-forgiveness, um, but not letting those who abuse get off the hook. Like, it's not like you ever have to forgive them. They're not asking for forgiveness. So to even disrupt the idea of what it means to forgive um, as a U.S.-based Black person, there is often a lot of cultural narrative here that no matter what happens to Black people in the U.S., our first thing is we're supposed to be forgiving. We forgive, we forgive, we forgive. And um, I'm not saying that's everyone, but I'm thinking of, you know, national moments where our communities have been abused and if we get angry, if we react in any way publicly, that is anything other than maintaining yes. the status quo, we are a problem. Yes, Lisa. There is something so profound about the way that you conceptualize forgiveness that you actually take it back, the whole idea away from we are forgiving those who did injustice to us. No, we're not. That's right. So that it's it's like a disruption of the white supremacist logic. It's the patriarchal logic that turn in on ourselves and hate ourselves. Yes, absolutely refuse this. And conditions outside those have to change in order for us to get to this conversation about forgiving those who oppress us that's not our work though that's, that's, right. that's not your work and that's i right. it's such a like you know the 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 theological content in that is rich because it keeps us when i hear you i think about the way in which you are keeping the young people, yourself, in line with spirit, in line with the creator, yeah. in line with God, who said, and they are very good. We created them very good. Um, yeah. And, and, also- and I'm sorry. I just have to say this really quickly. And restored. Like, this is the essence of restorative justice, right? Forgiveness weaves in. We forgive so that we don't carry the burden of the anger because anger, like, burns you inside. And so... Letting it out and then allowing yourself to forgive and then being restored with that, with respect to restorative justice, is the full scope of true healing. And so I'm just so glad to hear that you aren't like tamping down the anger or like, oh, well, boys will be boys. You know, there's a lot of that language here in the U.S. kind of excusing rape as like i've even heard it called as common as apple pie you know like it's this way that it's kind of and a foregone conclusion it's expected and it's just it's all it's a true horror that people don't realize how it robs women and children young girls of their whole and boys right we can't forget boys get raped too their whole future their whole lives it destroys souls and so being able to talk about that in a real way in a real way that allows for anger to exist that allows for forgiveness to exist that allows for all of these things to allow for them to feel held and restored and like your work with theater and the arts 
that's all about the restoration process. And I'm so grateful that you're doing the work you're doing for real. It's Thank so- you. I'm okay. You know, um, the other day on, on Twitter, I was talking about patriarchy. You know how this, my kids at work, they will tell you how the boys, they tell you that what they do at this in this organization is to end gender-based violence and also to dismantle toxic masculinity. Yes. Because toxic masculinity is what you're talking about, that we train from young age. They're like, my uncle tells me, you got to have five girls to prove that you are a man. Ah. I tell something that that is your, you, you're not like, you, 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 you have no self esteem when you have a low self-esteem as a human being it don't matter whether you're a man or a woman you feel like you need all the outside forces to empower you and i was saying think of this how men everything is made by men the the culture religion uh tradition and whatever is man-made and then they have a nerve men to say women in church another allowed to wear pants here if you wear pants in church is wrong you cannot wear pants in church as a woman you have to wear a dress but men walk around in dresses in church mm. the nerve you know and i tell the girls all the time our work also we use a lot of audrey lord that your silence will not protect you so our work is about finding that voice and using your voice because you break away from all those things. You free yourself. Once yeah. you use your voice, it's like part of the theater of the oppressed work that we do. Uh, we use forum theater. Forum theater, part of the place. Uh, for example, I've taken a, 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 for when I work with women who've been abused and whatever. So they never hear their voice. They're abusing. You just take it and say, so one day you find your voice is like, stop. So that abuser hearing that voice for the first time. Yes. Because your silence will not protect you, but your voice. He's shocked because he's never known that you have that voice. You've shocked him. His reaction is going to be different. Just for you to find that voice and use that. Mm -hmm. So the power of your own voice, how it frees you from so many things, being able to speak, being able to, to, to say, and, 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 and what is it? identify what is it and name something to say this is what it is because our parents and in generations they couldn't name things because of the patriarchy surgery and whatever they had to play in all these things yes some of it is still enforced in us and whatever but it's us to break away from all those and we're breaking out of those chains through love and joy and music and theater and singing and doing all other kinds of techniques that Mm -hmm. So, oh my goodness. So I want to ask you, you've like, we have all of these questions and you've actually answered all of them just in in your speaking. Like you gave us, you know, some practices that you do and, and, you know, I get a sense of what freedom sounds and smells and tastes like. Tell me, what do you love about being a black woman identified human being? You know, you, but she's laughing. I love it. <laughs> for me, you know, that is so me. Yes, yes. I will tell you. We show up in the world and and apologetically in every way. For example, I'm invited to the art fair, Cape Town right now. They know how I'm gonna show up. So I will show up talking about the art and use my body 
as a voice, without me saying anything, without opening my mouth, I would wear like a man's skirt that is worn only by men. Mm-hmm. And wear a boy's shirt and women things that they won't wear. And use uh, a, a colonizer's and get a colonizer's jacket made in the art to say that we still colonize, they still use our black bodies within the art. Every art that sells the most now is a black body art, you know. So how I show up, like I said, with all the boldness. And, you know, Lisa, it's like the world, like my skin. Like there's no other skin as gorgeous as a black skin in the world. I don't know about the black man. (laughs) Because I know the skin, the texture, besides the melanin, the texture of my hair, like you were saying, Oh, my hair is such a problem, Lisa, but nobody can have that hair in the world. No matter what they can do, only the black women can have their And, you know, <laughs> like I said, the texture in the hair and the lineage that we come with of the matriarchs that I come with and bring in the world and bring that, for me, it's just, I don't know, it's just the beauty. I don't think there's anything yes. else, like I said, with the origin of humankind, with the creators. Yes. We give birth to this. Like we talk about mother nature. When I think of mother nature, it's a black woman. It's me. Yes, honey. You know? That's right. The, so I just the richest soil is the blackest soil. That's where we come <laughs> from. Yes. I just love everything. And I love black women. And I think we are so powerful beyond measures, you know? Mm. I love the way, um, like our audience can't see you, um, but I've seen you in lots of different manifestations. Like I love that you play with how you're gonna, like how you're clothed. You know, like you're gonna wear the things that are for men, and you're going to put this thing on and that thing on, and so gender is all kind of mixed up, and yet black woman. And so I love that you claim black woman. And at the same time, like the the he and the she is all kinds of of you know mixed up and not lin- not just this is like a pre. Oh, you don't box me into one yes. thing. I yes. come into space. They say, "What are your pronouns?" Who are you? my name is Tokozan. Yes, mm-hmm. there you go. Because tomorrow I could be Uncle James. Tomorrow mm-hmm. I could be Grandma. Yes, Tanganan. Tomorrow I could be whatever so do not box me my name is Togozan because tomorrow you don't know what I'll show up to be in the afternoon I could be something different mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, I love it I mean, when the moon changes and the stars mm-hmm. I... see that freedom to be us that to me is like the beginning of what it means to talk about loving blackness yes. to say that we name how we show up Yes. Name and I love. I am Tokazani. I you are Michaela. I am. That's right. And I know that you're infusing that into the children that you work with, and that, in addition to the power that you give them in remembering that their voice is their mark on the world, it just gives me so much hope. I'm just like, oh, thank you for doing that and holding them and reinstilling in them the the knowledge and the the remembrance that they are fierce and powerful and beautiful and worthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly. Oh, 
we yeah. we stand on the you know i remember one time we were at the constitution hill at women's jail we were standing there and we had partnered with the biggest school in south africa market photo workshop they started during the party and they go there and do for six months a course on images on self using photography because we mm-hmm. use art we use theater we use visual art a lot and and photography so they were exhibiting and they were selected the two of them their their work was selected the, about the images of self where they portray themselves in the community where they live in slums and shack and they showed that there is beauty where they live people might see slums yeah. and shack there's no running water and electricity mm-hmm. and they portray the beauty and this is us yeah. you know yeah. how do you put yourself in the world how do you claim the space in the world if you come from the point of beauty if you come from the point of self and seeing yourself you stand tall not coming from how the world see you cuz i don't care how the world see me. they can see me whoever who i am is what i show up as being right um, and confidence is the most beautiful thing if you have confidence then you are beautiful no matter what you look like where you're from anything and it sounds like that's what you're giving them this reminder to be confident and to feel that they have a right to be on this earth. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went and visited some of the the young people in their homes and mm-hmm. that feeling of you're getting to see my home, you yep. know, and these were humble homes by any standard. It's like, oh, you know, there's not quote unquote much there, but the, but you know. It's just one room. It's one room and, um, but it's the, it's the capacity to say, I am welcoming you into my space. And now we're in a relationship, in a connection and you can see, oh, people like, this is where you live. This is where you learn. You come from here and you come, you go to school, you go to the, you know, your, your people are here and it, it, I don't know. It's not to romanticize. It's simply to say, what does it mean to welcome each other? And that there is the beauty in the mutual sense that I've invited you and you're welcome and you've accepted the invitation. So we're we're getting close to time, but you said you love music. And (laughs) is is there a song maybe just that you're carrying with you right now that's some one that you go back to is there something that you know you just you just hum you sing you put on what is a song you know, listen, that you carry with you as you know most of my friends are musicians here so i love all their music but the song that comes to mind right now it's a song that i used to sing to my mini me uh, my daughter that's little when she was young and um the song is in french when i back in the days i did i used to do a lot of musical plays so i did south pacific um which is uh, yeah i did south pacific which is a story about race prejudice and love right yes and, uh, one of the song i remember was singing about what two young kids of ghana and jerome it's like tite moi pourquoi la vie est for me it's like tell me Tell me why life is so beautiful. Tell me why life is so gay. Tell me, dear Miss, tell me because you love me. So when my mini-me was small, I used to sing that song to her. 
So right now that's something I can think of, but I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. It's like of all of the songs that I would have imagined that you picked, it would not have been from South Pacific. It would not have been in um in French, but it makes perfect sense that you sung it to Mini Me. Yeah. Because the connection, tell me why life is so beautiful. She needs to know that life is beautiful. You're coming into the world, it's beauty. There's no those things of coming with pain and carrying through intergenerational trauma. That's where we break it. It's us for breaking those intergenerational yes. and bring the beauty. So it was like, life is beautiful. Why life is so beautiful? Tell me why life is so gay. You know, because you love me, because I love you. That's why life is beautiful. Ah, it is love. So good. Oh, so good. And of course, you're into musical theater. How fabulous are you? I love it. <laughs> Me too, honey. And I love that you are that way. And it is all about remembering the beauty, the beauty within and the beauty uh, around us. Um, it is what helps us move through these painful places. So thank you for singing it to your mini me. I love that. And also reinstilling it in these beautiful children that you bring to your home once a month and you create family where they probably might not feel family in other ways and feel vulnerable and scared. And you give them power, voice and fierceness and South Pacific beauty. (laughs) You know, I'm a killer. We all spiritual beings, you know, we all spiritual beings, but um, I also, you know, um, I grew up in a very religious home, um, born again, Christian and whatever. But in all that, I still realize and identify with religion can be there to divide and oppress us and use also as a tool for all these men to be able to get as an oppression tool. How do we in that? And see ourselves that in spiritual being, we're there as spirit. We all seek spiritual growth, spiritual enlightenment, spiritual freedom. We all moving in this world and putting yes. it in us. We will not have all this much hate between the Muslims, the Jews, the Christians. Yes. If we know that men, women, whatever, we will have no judgments, no hate. That's no, right. Like, yeah. You know, my mother always says this. She says, we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spirits having a human experience. And so, yes, right. And so if we remember yeah. our spiritual vastness, that we're all connected and just having this human experience, how do we embolden our spirit to get even bigger in this way on this earth? And that is it through beauty and art and love and healing. And that's what this is all about. Thank you yeah. so much. I'm a I'm Michaela and Tokazani. Oh my God. I love you all. So spectacular. We be flesh y'all. Okay, beloved. So we just had a powerful, powerful conversation with Tokasani Undaba. And wow, she brought us to uh, radical places, I think, for us as Black women. Um, The question that I was left with and the exercise that I would like us to consider is what does it mean 
for us as Black women to be in a space of self-forgiveness. Imagine it. So often we're out here in the world and abuses happen to us from the microaggressions that we experience on a daily basis around our appearance, around um, our anger, around, um, you know, how we take up space in the world to, um, to larger injustices. Oh, beloveds, I can imagine what those larger injustices are. How our ancestors' bodies have been violated, how our bodies have been violated, how our children have been hurt and harmed. And in our culture, so much of the ask of us is that we immediately be in the place of forgiving those who hurt and harmed us. That's not the call though. That's just not the call. So ease back into your seat, ease back into wherever you are, sit back in your chair, lie on your sofa, lie on your couch, lie on your bed, and imagine the space where you forgive yourself. You forgive yourself for any space in you that would say you're to blame for what happened. You shouldn't be so loud. You shouldn't be so big. No, no, no. As Tokazani let us know um, in her presentation, Black women are beautiful. We're beautiful in our bigness. We're beautiful in our audacity. We're beautiful in our unapologetic being. So anytime you're tempted to for, to be in a place of unforgiving around that, let it go, sister, let it go, let it go, sister, let it go, let it go, sister, let it go. Be in forgiveness for yourself when you wouldn't and be in love with yourself always. for listening to We Flesh, an offering of Auburn Seminary's Sojourner Truth Leadership Circle. For more content and offerings created by Black women for Black women, visit us at tarryingplace.org. Our podcast is produced and edited by Courtney Weber Hoover with cover art by Matt C and music by Amakela Gaston and Alexander Nakarado. If you'd like to support our work, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, beloveds.
Wunderlila, Wunderlila.